You're listening to The People's Wrestling Podcast with your host, Aiden Bunker. Yes, hello and welcome to this week's episode of The PWP. This week hosted by me, Aiden Bunker. I am joined this week fresh from South America. Not South, is it South America? Central America. Central America, alright. Fresh from... Costa Rica. More accurate, yeah. Uh, got Ali Bunker with me. Ali, yeah, well, what's yeah. going on? Uh, what's going on? Well, I'm back from the holidays, as you've just mentioned. The holly bobs. I yeah. hate when people say holly so much. Where did that come from? <laughs> um, Northerners, I want to say. Probably, yeah. You know, they're all Most a bit. Most of the worst yeah. things come from there. Exactly. It is pretty grim up there. Um, yeah, Costa Rica. I think just gone back. From, well, I got back on Sunday. And I was pretty tired. So I um, haven't watched a lot of wrestling. I've been at work and I've been asleep. <laughs> oh, and I went food shopping, if you wanted to know. So. Me too. Yeah, well done. Uh, and that's pretty much what I've spent my time doing. I try to catch up with TakeOver as much as I can. Um, I'm sure we'll come on to that a bit later. But I haven't really watched a lot of Raw and SmackDown. No, I, I personally um, haven't watched SmackDown as I was away for the weekend. But I have seen Raw, which I thought was good. You're on Ollie Bob's too. Yeah, little weekend away. Not anything but we're out of the country or anything, but you know, I was near Wales, so nearly out of the country. <laughs> um, someone who, I don't know whether they've seen both Raw and SmackDown, but they've definitely seen TakeOver, is our other host, co-host, Matt Bumby. What's, hap- yo, yo. what's happening? What's happening? Yeah. Not a lot. Fair enough. Not Good. a lot. I have watched Raw, I haven't watched SmackDown. Definitely watch TakeOver. That's free for free then. None of us have watched SmackDown. <laughs> no, Are we that's... planning on watching SmackDown next week when John Cena comes back? I'll probably watch that one, yeah. Um, it's just this one was an awkward time for me where by the time I was available to watch it, I'd already seen kind of mostly what happened through Twitter. Yeah. Can so. someone explain to me the Goldberg Fiend match build? How's this happened? I... So, I didn't... Well, basically... Goldberg was um, there via satellite and was just interrupted by Bray. Yeah, that was pretty much what I saw. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, why was he there? He, well, he wasn't there. And why was he? What was he doing on SmackDown? It was, I think it was to announce his next opponent, wasn't it? Oh, he was going to yeah. announce who's next. Was yeah. it going to be Bray? I don't know. And is this match for the title? Yeah. It is. Fuck's sake. Yeah, because I, I, I didn't really watch that much of last week's SmackDown either because I was in a semi-comatose state because I had really bad food poisoning. Oh, really? Yeah. Completely. I was really pissed off, right? Did you I, give yourself food poisoning? No, it was from the Hungry Horse in Broughton. Oh, no. Uh, I know. <laughs> um, Not so hungry anymore. I, I was really pissed off because I planned a great weekend of potentially free food. So. Um, well, there goes their, uh, them as our sponsors. <laughs> they can get fucked <laughs> Because uh, <laughs> Friday lunchtime, I had um, three McDonald's. Three of them? A, a free purchase <laughs> McDonald's. Why? These. I, originally, I was going to go for cheap McDonald's and then um, have. We had these vouchers. Um, but then um, Peter paid for me. Oh, uh, fair as a thank you for something else. Um, so I had three McDonald's. That's that's well paid. <laughs> no. Thank you for something else. <laughs> Then in the evening, it were going out for Tasha's mum's birthday, um, and they and they paid, 
and that was all good up until the poisoning, which <laughs> meant that I couldn't go what? out for Jamie's dinner on Saturday, which ah. I was kind of assuming or hoping that maybe mum would pay for. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I couldn't go, so uh, and then could barely eat for the for the next two days. So yeah, it's fucking what terrible. This is what confused me because I had it was called the Double Daddy. I think you had this when I went there. Uh, I've never had this burger before. Oh, okay. But um, it, was, it was two bacon cheeseburgers um, with topped with pulled pork, which is a bit weird and unnecessary, um, <laughs> and then just chips and like normal kind of side. I bet it was the chips. Um, and I mean, you can't really get beef wrong, and like it didn't it didn't feel like it wasn't any kind of. There wasn't any red in it or anything like that. And you can't really get pork wrong, you either, because really you can essentially eat that raw. It potentially could have been the bacon, but the bacon felt fine. That's pork as well. And Atasha's sister had the exact same thing as me. The only difference was she had it with no cheese. And I didn't know you Like could, a smart person I would. <laughs> I didn't know you could get like food poisoning from cheese, but Atasha looked it up, and apparently it, it, it can be a carrier of salmonella or something like that, if not kind of prepped or like clean, I think. Essentially, you ate um, dirty cheese. So I don't know if it was that, but I mean, it's mold, isn't it? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, so this is why cheese is the devil. I've tried to tell everyone. It, it might not have been the cheese. Who knows? And I was the only one who had any kind of effects. So that, that's annoying. Um, it could have been the McDonald's. No, because I, I was literally fine all the way throughout the day. But it was as soon as, as soon as the, uh, the double daddy hit, it wiped me out. I had to leave early as well. Really? Yeah. Wow, you were wiped was, out. It was like if I was going to stay, I was going to be sick in the hungry horse. I didn't want that. You don't want that, no. Um, oh, so you were sick and you didn't eat. Uh, the other way would have been funnier. Well, let's let's just say there was both. Um, <laughs> did you, uh, at one point, did you have to think, oh, am I going to be sick or am I, is it coming out the other end? Well, the, the, the other part already happened twice in the restaurant, <laughs> partially why I had to leave. Um, this is a great way to start a podcast. Then, yeah, that, I had the shivers over the night, and then the next well, What you were going to say, Dad? Next day, I, was, like, I felt fine in the morning. I felt like 80%, hmm. and then I just deteriorated throughout the day, and I just uh, that wiped out my Saturday. And Sunday was mostly fine, but um, yeah, it was, it was not a fun weekend for me. Sounds like food poisoning to me. Yeah, it was, I've never had it before. Maybe it was coronavirus. And it was, well, that's, what, that's what Tasha said. Um, I've, ne- I've never had it before, and it's fucking dreadful. you never had food poisoning before? I've never had it, which I'm surprised I've never given it to myself. Because I have a lot of chicken. <laughs> yeah, but you, you can cook chicken. Just overcook oh, yeah. it and you're fine, right? Yeah, um, I'm just surprised at some point I've never got it wrong. Worst food poisoning I ever had was um, in Sri Lanka. And that was from a five-star hotel. All inclusive buffet. I also got food poisoned in Bali and an all inclusive buffet as well. You and Asia don't mix. We do not mix, no. But yeah. Didn't get food poisoning this time, no. But I wasn't staying in an all inclusive hotel. I did feel kind of shit. Oh, I had food poisoning from fish before. Fish? Damn. Yeah. It was not good. Yeah, I did feel kind of shit after the last time we went to Hungry Wars as well, so I think I might just stop going. <laughs> I mean, it is your local. And yeah, annoyingly, it is two minutes around the corner, but I'll just stop eating there. I'll yeah, drink, maybe. Fine. It's not a great place to drink either, to be honest. No. They're definitely not sponsoring us now. What is a good, where is a good place to drink is, I'm assuming, <laughs> Portland, Oregon. <laughs> Tenuous link. 
Um, where, which was the host city for the latest instalment of NXT TakeOver. Yeah. Um, hey, if the bars are as rowdy as the crowd, it probably is a good place to drink. Yeah, I, I was quite surprised. I, I'd never particularly thought of Portland as a, a wrestling town or no. like a stronghold anyway, but yeah. the commentators are really kind of putting over the fact that this is a hotbed for wrestling. Apparently so. Didn't no know either. No idea. Um, what did we... What did we all make of the show overall before we um, break it down? Do a bit of a breakdown on it. Well, I I've only just really finished watching it, and and to be honest, I watched Cole versus Champa on fast forward because I was trying to watch it before I came over here, because um, I wanted to you know watch the whole thing completely. Um, I thought it was bloody excellent. I thought the whole show. I couldn't really fault it, if I'm honest. I know I've read a lot of stuff, and we'll probably, I think this probably leads on to what we want to talk about later, about the type of match and how similar pretty much they all were. Um, but I just really enjoyed it. I thought the opening match was brilliant. I was really happy and really impressed with and for Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai. I thought the, the way the crowd got behind that match was really great. Um, I thought Gargano versus Bala, brilliant match. Um, Ripley versus Belair, built slowly, but good ending. I liked that. Um, the tag team match, all the way through, excellent. And Cole versus Champa, bit slower, bit more methodical, but at the end, just all action. And I think I might miss the match out somewhere, but I'm not sure I have. The tag team I don't match. Know what you have. Did you say the tag team match? Yeah, I said the tag yeah, team. Well, yeah, that's all of them. So, personally, I thought it was all excellent. Matt? Excellent. Uh, I thought the first match... Two big guys absolutely going for it. Um, just shows you that big guys can wrestle. Uh, the street... Uh, was it a street fight? Was it a street fight? Uh, yeah, yes. the Kai versus Tegan Well, Going into it, I thought this is going to be a bit shit. Actually, really impressed me. I, think, I thought they both proper went for it. And it looked... It looked violent, which a lot of street fights don't look. I mean, that's the, it's the kind of thing that NXT gets right. Their, yeah. their street fights are, are proper grudge matches, and they feel that they feel important when they're happening, as opposed to maybe sometimes we're on SmackDown where there's a street fight after a bit of a, after a two week rivalry, or a street fight for no reason on like a Halloween or a yeah. Christmas episode. Yeah. Um, but, I just thought, yeah. I just thought they got it spot on. But that, that bit at the end where the table didn't break, out. That looked painful as fuck. I did, oh. it did look painful. I mean, it looked like they executed the move, the bump, really well. The table just, just the didn't table break. Just didn't so I don't think she hit the edge of the, the table. the gave out and kicked out. Yeah. Because um, well, she hit it perfectly hard. She hit it really hard, it. yeah. I mean, she even, like, she put it up in the air and you could see the way she accelerated down towards the table. It was yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, and then shut yeah. Down, so, yeah, there was no way that... The, the table it wasn't breaking because of the impact or something. Imagine you'd be previously with the women. Imagine you'd be really pissed off though, wouldn't you? If that was your that's your the, main spot in the, the match, spot that's the, match, the end yeah. of the match, and it's just. I mean, luckily it's the kind of thing where in that instance where it doesn't break, it looks just as bad. Like yeah, it, it almost painful. looks worse, doesn't it? <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, it looks. It, makes you it looks it. worse. Mm. Yeah, if everything was so clean, it might not always um, look as as dramatic. Yeah. Um, How about you? What did you think? Well, I thought I felt a lot longer the the whole takeover. I don't know if it was just when I was watching it or whatever, but it felt 
longer than most of takeovers. And it was the same length; it was three hours. But they had more they matches, had, didn't they? Yeah, they had six matches this time, where they usually only have four or five, five mainly. Um, but it was it was it was interesting. I've, we'll, we'll get into we'll get into it now. We'll go into we'll start with the Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic match for the North American Championship. Um, a lot of people. This is one that divides people, where people talk about how should big guys wrestle and do these guys do too much. What's your uh, what's your opinion on that? I mean, for me, I think it would be easy for WWE or NXT to book Keith Lee as you know a sort of monster. Yeah, just a big big guy, but that's not what he built his reputation on. Um. So why not use it? I mean, they could build him as Brock Lesnar. I mean, almost a bit more like someone like Mark Henry, you know, just strong, you know, not particularly agile, but he is agile. So why waste it? You know, I think it it makes it really, really impressive um, when they do these things. I do get the opinion that well, maybe it takes away a little bit from what other people are doing. If if Keith Lee can do it at three hundred pounds or whatever he is. Um, why? Why is it impressive if Johnny Gargano can, does it? You know, he can run and do a top rope flip to yeah. the outside. Why should people care or be invested when Johnny Gargano does a suicide dive through the rope? Yeah, but I think I think people will still always be impressed with those sorts of things, regardless of who's doing it, because they're enjoying that yeah, match. Every single match in WWE has a suicide dive. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't particularly enjoy suicide dives, but a lot of like. Topes are pretty impressive, and I, I think you're doing you'd be doing Keith Lee a disservice, and also Dom, Dominic Dijakovic as well because he's equally as athletic, perhaps maybe even more. So I don't know. Um, he's not as big, obviously, but he's tall. He's taller. Yeah. Um, so I think you'd be doing both of them a disservice if you took that away from them, because how how else are they going to get over? Yeah, I, I agree that it, this kind of stuff is what has. Um, built them to where they are um, dance with what brung you and all that kind of stuff and I'd like to I'd like to imagine that I'm quite a like progressive wrestling fan in terms of the style like I'm not bothered about I'm not massively bothered about like people getting proper up in arms about the gymnastic style of say Ricochet and Will Ospreay and all that kind of stuff I'm not so bothered about that and I've always kind of been more a fan of the um, like athletics of wrestling and then a lot of other aspects um, some, I do understand it and sometimes I do agree with, with certain points um, and yeah it, it then I suppose is more of a challenge for the smaller guys who you'd expect it from to get as big a reaction out of the crowd as like Keith Lee doing the moonsault yeah. um, so I definitely agree with that Matt what do what do you think of like, should these guys do as much as what they as, as what they did? Why should why shouldn't they? Like there's no reason behind it for them not to do it. Like if you look back, Bam Bam Bigelow was a big guy, but did some athletic moves. Nobody was criticizing him back in the day. No, no one was yeah. telling him he shouldn't be doing stuff. I think it's. It's, it speaks, I think, to the state of wrestling these days and the crowd's expectations where if 
if those guys were to have a takeover match and they didn't do a lot of the flips and amazingly athletic things that they did, people probably wouldn't have been that into the match, I guess. If it was just a classic kind of big man clash, um, would there be as would the crowd have got as into it? I don't know. I think when the crowd have seen them do it before, which is always the problem, they've seen them on the indies, you know, especially Keith Lee, who's gone you know viral with a few of his clips. They've seen them do these things before, so if they don't do them, and this was their fifth match on NXT, yeah. But if take away their previous matches in NXT, you like you look at the matches that they've seen them do on the independents. They they've seen them do these moves before, so if they don't do them, people are going to be disappointed. Mm. Uh, you you know, and then people will start turning off them or going off NXT and saying, "Oh, they're burying them. They're not allowing them to express themselves." But then it poses the question: How do you keep raising the bar without going more and more dangerous? Well, uh, yeah, always the issue of say like TLC matches and. And stuff like that. But that is an age-old problem, really. I think you could say that about any part of wrestling. It's something that you hear a lot of, like, the yeah, veteran wrestlers. I think say. the difference for NXT is they have a lot more time to build up. Yeah. So that that end match is usually going to be, like, the, the end of a storyline. So they can go out, they can go big. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, as much as we've seen Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic before in, in NXT, and was this their third match? This was their fifth match. Fifth match. One, one, both won one each and had two draws. Two draws, yeah. Um, the, you know, the crowd don't get bored of it because it's so entertaining and they're constantly doing something different. As soon as they get to the stage where they're at their fifth, for instance, or it might be like the third for a certain different rivalry, um, they've they're done with it and it's time to move on to something fresh and new and then you reset the cycle and then Keith Lee can start doing these moves against someone else and someone else has got up something to offer him as well. Yeah, yeah, so. I, compare, like, I say like there's more time to do it and it it's more like you haven't seen a lot of it before. You think about we haven't like, we haven't all watched Raw but I think for the last weeks of Raw, I've seen Seth Rollins and the AOP versus Kevin Owens more times than I want to see it. Yeah. So now when they're pushing that and that's going to be a WrestleMania match, do I really want to see that again after there's going to be even more build-up? Do you know what I mean? It's the kind when you get instances like that, it's the kind of thing where um, the story needs a big stipulation where, like, so say these guys have already faced off six times in however many weeks. You want either the final time to be, like, like this is the final time, like a contracted final time thing, mm. or a winner gets a title shot, or loser leaves town, that kind of stuff. You want it to feel important. Whereas, yeah, they just do a lot of the same matches, I think, just for the sake of having a match. Yeah. Um, which... It's a bit, bit of a shame because they're all massively talented. But um, I think before we go uh, off on that tangent, uh, I think one of the good things about this Keith Lee Dominic, Dominic Dijakovic match was just, aside from all the athletic stuff and the dives and stuff like that, um, it felt like a big, it felt important. And I think a lot of the kind of strikes and the 
the expressions and body language of the guys where they were hitting hard and it wasn't just all about action and flip-flopping and stuff like that. Yeah. The, the top rope somersault dive Dijakovic did to Keith Lee on the chair between the two announce tables. Yeah. Was fucking, oh. I've never seen that, but it was fucking mental. That was ridiculous. Like, like Nigel said, a yard to the left or a yard to the right, Nigel would have been, <laughs> have been yeah. stopped because he probably would be dead. Yeah. Um, so yeah, mental match overall. Um, I, I like, like the uh, show of respect at the end as well. Yeah, which is something that's evolved throughout their story where it was like, originally kind of a bit of a blood feud and mm. they've, they've developed respect for each other. So I think it did a lot for Dominic Dijakovic this match. Yeah, I feel, I feel it like did. Vince really like him. Yeah, I think so. You can see why. I mean, from a charisma point of view, he's all right. Um, but the feast your eyes thing in the ring is. He's brilliant, um, and give him the right, really. give him the right opponent. So, i.e., Keith Lee, and he's really shown that he can really make some waves, you know. So, um, I think this match did a lot for him. I think Keith Lee's already made. Uh, so, Dominic Dijakovic was the the one who needed more out of this match, and they managed to do it really smartly because they he lost clean, but came out of it looking like a winner. Yeah, I think I think that. The WWE are really going to go all in on Keith Lee at some point. I think mm. they really, really like him. Yeah, yeah, they're going to catch in big star. I think him being the North American champion, I don't think he'll ever be the NXT champion. No, I, don't I think, think he they'll will. just move him on. Yeah, I can see him going up to main roster and and doing some big things. Um, so, Matt, you liked the the Dakota Kai Togan uh, Tegan Knox street fight. I really liked it as well. And one of the things that I liked about it, which I don't understand why it isn't done more, was Dakota Kai attacking Tegan before the match starts. Yeah, for a no for a yeah. no holds barred match, or for any match really, before the bell rings, you can do what you want. Yeah, yeah. Questionable refereeing, in my opinion, to the moment they roll in the ring. Yeah, hour, like not even checking if she can continue. Rather than get in the middle and like make them go to the corner each. Yeah, yeah. yeah that that was a bit uh, shoddy from whoever that ref was. Um, but yeah, overall I thought it was good. It was very hard hitting. We saw, um, I can't remember which way around. I think it was Dakota Kai smashed Tegan Knox over the face with a uh, dustbin lid. Yeah. Which, which drew a gasp, a gasp from the crowd. Evaporated. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it was made of. But straight to the head. Yeah. Like a headshot. Yeah. Which we don't we don't see these days. I mean, it was a dust. It was a trash can lid. Yeah, I know. But, but even still. Yeah. Do you know why? Do you know why it was good? I've just remembered why it was good. Go on. There was no, no kendo sticks. No kendo sticks. No yeah. kendo sticks. Because why? There would was, they be there? Why there was, the fuck would you have a kendo stick? There was duct tape though, which is something you would naturally find under a wrestling ring. There was duct tape. Which yeah. Dakota Kai didn't roll around enough. No. She literally did it once, and then it just came off. Yeah. So that was a bit of a shame. Um, and then we had the ending. Which had a lot of people, especially the crowd, being like, who is this? Yeah, yeah. When I first saw it happen, I was like, I don't remember Sonya Deville being this big. <laughs> <laughs> she looked almost, like, in the face, very, very similar to, to Sonya Deville. I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I didn't make that connection myself. Um, and, then it, uh, and then when they said, oh, it's uh, Raquel Gonzalez or whatever, I thought, oh... Right. Who's that? <laughs> well, I think I'd seen her before. I think she used to be called um, uh, Reina Gonzalez or something like that. Hmm. Um, she was in the May Young Classic, wasn't she? She's, she's had a couple of uh, couple of matches. 
Um, and yeah, like we talked about, that table bump looked pretty brutal. Yeah, I mean, I think I would have liked to have seen a clean finish between these two, but I think it made sense to have this kind of interruption, this, uh, you know, someone interject themselves in the match to help Dakota Kai win. I I hope that they go somewhere with it and it's not just this is her now and... I mean, I get, I kind of get a little sense of uh, Tamina Snooker about her. <laughs> yeah, I, I did like that bit, um, that Dakota was selling it as if she yeah. she had no part in this and yeah. was almost as scared of her as Tegan. Which makes it interesting on, on you know on Wednesday if they mm, mention it. Yeah, we get an explanation from both of them. Is it just an explanation from on Wednesday Kelly? or today? Oh, yeah, today? Today, yeah. <laughs> is, is Tegan gonna seek retribution? Yeah. Um, who knows? I'd a brief aside on Tegan Knox. I'd watched um, WWE on their YouTube channel put out f- a four-part video series of Tegan Knox, and first part was how she got to WWE and um, and her injury. Hmm. Second part was her return from first injury. The first time, yeah, and then. Uh, it finished on the May Young Classic. Mm. Third part was her knee exploding and um, all the stuff that was around that. And the fourth part was her recovery. Return, and her recovery. recovery yeah. And it was really, really interesting. It was really, really cool. Um, and it, it, it made me remember kind of how harrowing it was watching the May Young Classic match because I forgot it was in literally the first 30 seconds. Yeah, against Rhea Ripley, wasn't it? Yeah, she did yeah. dive to the outside um, and kind of landed awkwardly. And you could tell she was hurt and the doctors were checking on her and stuff. And the thing I forgot was that she carried on. Yeah. She did a few more minutes of the match and there's a point where she hits the ropes and comes back and Rhea hits her with a drop kick. Mm. And her, her right leg comes off the ground to do like a back bump. Her left leg just, just remains planted and mm. her body kind of twists awkwardly. And they say that's probably where... Most like, more of the damage was done, yeah. yeah her ACL was exploded, and just hearing like the screams and the crying and stuff, it was just really yeah. like I remember the screaming and thinking, Wow! and just the entire arena, isn't only what 200 people or whatever, but the entire arena just dead silent, yeah. Even a couple of people in the front rows and stuff crying, um, because they know what obviously what she got through before, and her just saying stuff like, I can't do it again, I can't, and like it was just really. It's bad. <laughs> you really, really hear the injuries and stuff. Literally everything in her knee was broken. Yeah. Exploded. Didn't Triple H like, meet her straight after? Yeah, she sat on like a chair and like gorilla and she, just, she kept saying, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I'm really, really sorry. He's like, don't mean it. Mm. Um, so yeah, uh, shout out to Tegan Knox. Tough, tough cookie. Yeah, uh, and I was really impressed with her in this match. I thought she brought like a really good intensity um, she's got a really great move set as well. Mm. Really good look. Shiniest wizard. I hate that name. No, <laughs> um, but aside from that, yeah, yeah, she's really, really impressive. I thought um, this feud has been really good for her. I hope they do more with it um, because they seem to think really highly of her because she was apparently one of the um, one of the favourites to win the May Young Classic well I think she had a really great story which is always something that they like isn't it a bit of it's like almost like the X Factor isn't you it you look at the people that have come out of that you what sorry Matt look at the women that have come out of the May Young Classic yeah like, there's some really impressive like, uh, 
people that have come out of it. Well, I think they deliberately sort of search the globe for the the top talent, don't they? Probably not the top tier talent that everybody's, you know, you're not going to attract. Maybe you know anybody from AEW, for instance. But with, uh, it remains to be seen whether they do another one, maybe on Classic, I guess. But they'd be foolish not to. But you get a lot of you know top class international talent. Yeah, I mean, it gave us Yoshirai, Bianca Belair, Kyrie Sane, Sane. Sane. Yeah, Shayna Baszler, Shayna Baszler. Um, what's her name? Yep, <laughs> Mercedes. Mercedes Martinez. That's the one, Mercedes Martinez. Um, yeah, loads of them. Great success. Um, speaking of great successes, Finn Balor and Johnny Gargano. Mm. Finn Balor defeats Johnny Gargano. Did we all expect that result? Um, I did. I, I kind of did. As the match went on, I kind of didn't. Um, but then at the end, I did. <laughs> when, he, when he pinned him, I was like, "Yeah, I knew I expected that." <laughs> yeah, I felt Finn Balor needed hard it. Hitting. This, yeah, this match was hard hitting. I think Finn Balor needed it more than Johnny Gargano did. It went long as well. It was, it was a slow burner for me. Well, I liked it went the like start. Twenty-seven minutes, didn't it? Twenty-seven minutes and twenty-two seconds. I liked the start of this match. That they they almost went through the different styles that they can all they that they can both wrestle. You know, it's got more and more intense. Yeah, and then they started off uh, chain wrestling, mat wrestling, grappling. Then it was the strikes. Then it was the you know and table spots and submissions after that, and then the finishes. You know, so it was, I felt they went through all the stages of a you really, know really great match. A massive, massive shout out to Finn Balor because he was basically a year ago dead and buried and wouldn't have done much. Pretty much. I mean, and if you look where where he was at WrestleMania, I mean, yeah, against Bobby Lashley. I mean, he was it was in the IC title. Yeah, yeah, but not really doing anything with it. So um, he, the Royal Rumble, he just had the match with Brock Lesnar. Yeah, just to put on a good competitive match with him. But and then after that, after it was that just is, phew, yeah. straight downhill. Like, we'll give him the IC title to make up. For yeah, him, for not getting the Universal. Um, yeah, but yeah, no props to him for reinventing himself. I was worried. I wasn't necessarily too worried because he's obviously very good. But I was worried about how Finn Balor would slot into the current state of NXT when he went down. Not yeah. down, but down. I mean, down when he moved. Um, but yeah, when when he when he came back to NXT, I was worried about how how does Finn's style fit in with the current crop of NXT. Yeah. Um, but he's done really well so far. His character work's been very good. His heel work's been very strong. Um, so, yeah, I'm impressed with um, and uh, yeah, so far. He was this morning. Um, they said on Twitter that he's going to be at the commentary show that I'm at for yeah. NXT UK. Ah, interesting. Nice. Um, so I wonder if he's going to attack Tyler Bate. Ooh, maybe. Makes sense. Well, he had a bit of a thing with Trent Seven, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that's why I think he might go after Tyler. Yeah, it was him and it was mainly Tyler who broke up mm. Finn Balor's assault at um, Worlds Collide on Gargano. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I felt while watching this match horribly body conscious. <laughs> <laughs> 
two guys <laughs> with a combined body fat percentage of about eight. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I felt Garg- um, Ballard needed it more than Gargano, so yeah. probably the right decision. I mean, it made sense. It was probably the right decision. I just, and they just, they obviously did a really good job because at times I thought, you know, Gargano's got this now, um, but he didn't. That, that was the best coup de grace I've seen. It looked painful for a long, long time. It looked extremely painful. I can't remember who he did one on before, but there was one where he landed like it was probably about two years ago. Now he just landed right. I think it might have been AJ. Well, it was AJ. He just, you could hear AJ like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't really understand how you don't hurt I, yeah, people don't with it. Either. To be honest, it's a, it sometimes looks like a very dangerous. Movie, but it's like when um, in the TLC triple threat when. Uh, Becky jumped off the ladder and landed yeah. on Charlotte and Asuka and sat directly on <laughs> Charlotte's ribs and you can hear Charlotte like, oh, I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah. Didn't she swear? I yeah. think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Much like Shayna Baszler this week. Jesus. We'll get on to her. That was a bolt from the blue. Um, speaking of bolts. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> Go on, then. What you got? <laughs> Go on. Rhea Ripley's finisher is the Riptide. Yeah. A boat rides the tides. Yeah. Boats are made up of lots of bolts. And why are they rivets, really? No, rivets. I thought you were just going to go with the fact that boat sounds like bolts. I thought... <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, that wasn't your best work. No, I mean... Yeah, but something that was their best work. You didn't <laughs> team me up. Well. Um, yeah, Rhea Ripley, women's champ, on a bit of a tear at the moment. She tore Fucking through love Bob, Rhea Ripley. She tore through Bianca Belair. And I thought this was a good match, and I liked it because it felt different from the rest of the card. And a lot of people were uh, moaning about the finish, saying that it... It buried Bianca or whatever, and it was just one, one a one and done kind of finish. But well, they, that's essentially what it should be. That's what it should be. I, I mean, I don't mind it when people kick out people's finishes in big matches, um, but most of this match was built around Bianca avoiding the the finisher. Yeah. So when she actually actually hit it, it makes sense for that to be the finish. I think most of the complaints I've seen are from Bianca fans yeah, saying that obviously. this is what her third takeover title match and she's lost clean every time or whatever. Like, Yeah, well, guess what? One day she'll win it and it'll mean more. But also, that... And that'll be the, that'll be the day where all her fans are like, well, no, the other person deserves it even more now. <laughs> yeah. oh, shut the fuck up. She probably beat so Sasha just, for it or something. That's how, <laughs> oh, Jesus, yeah. That's how things happen. People losing clean these days is never accepted by everyone. Yeah. There always has to be an ulterior motive, or. Um, but then, is buried... this the good thing about wrestling? Like everyone's now got their opinion, like. Yeah. And they're able to. Put it on platform. I think it's good for wrestling. I think it can be. Um, a lot of the time, it's, it's it's kind of a societal thing in general. Just because you have an opinion doesn't always mean you should necessarily share it, or there are ways to share it. Um, but I think I, mean, I think AEW you can't. Fuck off, but I think you can't necessarily complain too much about the way Bianca Belair has been booked in the last few months. She's been dominant on NXT. She was the standout star of the Women's Royal Rumble. She holds the record now for women's eliminations. Joint, 
Well, yeah. She was in there for 33 minutes, <clears throat> has eight eliminations in a debut Rumble match. They obviously like her and have big things for her. Um, it's just not her time at the moment. It's not going to... Not for a championship that... I'm not a massive fan of her, if I'm going to be honest. I like her. I think she's she's got good upside, especially for, for not um, having been in the in, in the business for too long in comparison to some of the others. Um Rhea Ripley, same boat. She's 23, 22, 23. It's ridiculous. 23, it? I think. Yeah. Mental. She beat shit out of all of us. Um, and I'd love it. Necessarily complain. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just thought it was a good match. Good, uh, nice having a finish kind of out of nowhere. Um, it builds the Riptide as a devastating finisher. Yeah, which to be fair, it doesn't look like a devastating finisher. And well, yeah. But also, I don't think it hurts Bianca. No, exactly. <laughs> As in, the losing doesn't hurt her. Not oh, okay. um, yeah, no, I don't think it does. I mean, it's, just, it's obviously, they've got big plans for her, and they're obviously big on her. She and be they, in the match. Generally, well. maybe they just generally think she's not ready, or she doesn't need it right now. I mean, you have to think... She doesn't way, need it. They're building towards Charlotte versus Rhea, and Bianca was never going to win this match, and I don't think by her having her lose to the champion, who is the most dominant force on NXT the champion who Charlotte Flair the best women's wrestler in the world if not all time or whatever Mm. is going after yeah Um, and you have to remember the way that Bianca got herself in this match was beating the entire NXT women's roster in a battle royal and beating Io Shirai last yeah I mean what that's done is essentially established Bianca Belair as the second most dominant female on NXT TV which is not where she was before yeah so I mean she's in a good place I'm sure, I'm sure someday, she's not complaining. I'm sure one day she will have her a championship reign. Agreed. I don't, I don't think it'll be too long either before we we, we see her on the main roster. Um, so, yeah. Not not a bad showing for the women between those two matches, in my opinion. I thought it was a decent match. They, did, they, they both had the shortest match on the card. They both went 13 minutes. 13 and a half minutes each. Yeah. Um... But I thought they both crammed a lot of stuff in. And there, there was one moment, there was one move where um, Rhea went charging in on Bianca. Bianca dumped her over the top rope. Right. And Rhea's entire body was so straight. She went so high that she was so straight. And she kind of landed on her feet. On her feet. But slipped. But yeah, slipped. I don't know if she was going to land on her yeah. feet. Um, but the kind of look on her face after was kind of like, holy fuck, how did I not just die? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. She was meant to take it that way. Yeah. But it, was, it was terrifying because yeah. of the way the camera was as well. She landed she, like... She was right there. The camera was pointing up and it looked like she fell from about 30 feet. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, so fair play for that. I'm, uh, I'll tell you now, I, the most uh, anticipated match for me at WrestleMania is going to be that match. Fair enough. That's a good shot. Well, I can see why. I think that could still for the show. Um, I'll be honest. I've never watched a Rhea Ripley match and thought that's an excellent match, if I'm honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I do like How her. I like her character. <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot of the matches I don't come away thinking, like, wow, that was match of the night or yeah. something like that. I just think, yeah, it was solid. Not mm. bad by any stretch. But um, yet to see a proper kind of breakout match yeah having said that I've seen plenty of Charlotte matches one on one matches especially where I thought that's a really great match so I expect at Wrestlemania we will get something similar yeah 
Um, I'm really interested to see who wins that one, to be fair. I think it would be interesting to see. I was also interested in who would win the Tag Team Championship match with the winners of the Dusty Rhodes Classic, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne. <laughs> Pete Dunne, by the way, is a prolific um, Dusty Rhodes Classic performer. So he's won it twice, right? He got to the final two uh, years ago okay. with, with Roderick Strong. They love an odd pairing in the Dusty Rhodes Classic. Finn Balor and Samoa Joe won it. Yeah. Pete Dunne and um, Roderick Strong got to the final. Yeah. Last year, Ricochet Black, and Alistair um, Black won it. The only tag team to really have won it. The Undisputed Era, right? The Undisputed Era. And let's face and it, they won everything. AOP <laughs> on the first one. Yes, uh, The second one, even. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit weird that the reward for winning the Tag Team Classic was a Tag Team Championship match. Mm. When the Tag Team Champions were in the Tag Team Classic. That's a very good point. They didn't announce that until the final, yeah. that the winner gets the tag team title shot. But I just thought, well, what would have happened if the Undisputed Era got to the final? There's just no implication, it's just a trophy. They'd have to face themselves. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure they, even if they did face themselves, they'd, they'd pull off a great match. Um, one of the things I was thinking throughout this match... And I, I think, think Kyle O'Reilly versus himself. <laughs> that would be the best thing ever, because I, I was just about to say, I think this during almost every... Um, match that involves Kyle O'Reilly but he's just so good mm. so good everything that he does his moveset is amazing his character work he's very very funny but in a way where you can still take him seriously yeah, yeah just I don't know why it made me laugh so much but him getting hit with like a knee doing the bounce off the second rope thing getting hit again by a forearm bouncing off the bottom <laughs> just the bounce off the bottom rope just made me laugh um <laughs> Yeah. Although if Dean Ambrose did it, we'd all be like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> the wacky line. Um, so, yeah, I always enjoy Kyle O'Reilly. Um, and I enjoyed this match. And I think the crowd really did as well. It mm. was shorter than... Um, it was the shortest male match of the night. It was just under 17 minutes. Yeah. Um, but by the end of it, the crowd were... It felt, a lot, hot. It felt a lot longer than that, to be fair. Um, but not in a, so much into yeah, it. Yeah, but not in a bad way. I mean, I'm a big fan of um, Matt Riddle, and I'm a big fan of Pete Dunne, and I'm a big fan of the Undisputed Era. So this match was always going to be good for me. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the beginning of the, you know, coming out on the vehicle and the whole Bobby Fish, how much how fish, fish could, could Bobby, Bobby Fish fry, fry Bobby Fish could fry fish, that kind of thing. I didn't like the graphic along the Yeah. That felt forced for yeah. me. Yeah, it's... They can leave that shit at home. <laughs> well, he's been doing it in the build-up. That's main roster to, shit. To annoy him, yeah. yeah. I don't know, but did you see, did you see their, uh, the build-up to the match where they got on the flight? Yeah. I, d- I, d- I was going to send it that. to the group, but I didn't. Basically, it was on last week's episode of NXT, but they did like um, about four different skits throughout the night of um, Pete Dunne and um, Matt Riddle's journey to Portland. Hmm. Uh, and just like the chemistry between them is quite good yeah um, I love Pete Dunne's just like not bothered approach to everything it was they, they were originally driving um, and Pete Dunne was like oh, I'll, I'll take over um, then they get pulled over by the cops <laughs> it turned out that Pete Dunne doesn't have a license he's like bro I can't believe you don't have a license like, you don't have a license either he's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> so their car gets taken away and he's like what do we do now he's like don't worry I've got a plan so then they're like out on like a little pedal boat thing in some kind of lake. Yeah. 
And he's like, well, you, you think we're going to row all of the way to Portland? And he's like, no, bro, this is just where I go to think. Like, I don't want to come up with something. Um, the next one, they, uh, Matt Riddle convinces Pete Dunn that he's managed to basically hire a private jet for them. Yeah. Um, so he's like, come on, we'll get, we'll get in the jet. And he's like, put the trophy in the, the trunk or like the little... In the hold. Yeah. Um, and as he's doing that, he's like, oh, quick game. So they, he pushes Pete Dunn in the hole and gets in with him and shuts the door. You <laughs> um, see Triple H just walking onto his plane. <laughs> just like, on the phone. Just um, and then he's just like, we're going to Portland. <laughs> so it was quite funny. Um, that sounds really funny, actually. Uh, yeah, I was going to send it to the group. Um, but I wasn't sure if it was part of NXT or if it was like a separate thing. Yeah. Was, when I watched it, the episode it was. Um, but... Someone, like you said, someone who's that you're a fan of Matt Riddle. Someone who wasn't a fan initially and become a fan. Randy, Randy Orton. Yeah, fourth. Don't know if you've seen his tweet, um, but Matt Riddle put a tweet of a picture of him and uh, Pete Dunne with the titles. Randy Orton said, "I hated you. Now I get it. Good luck. Also, fuck off." <laughs> and. Uh, of Randy Orton, like I said before, Randy Orton is one of my favourite followers on Twitter because he literally just doesn't give a shit. But I think that's why he likes Matt Riddle because I don't think Matt Riddle gives a shit backstage. No, well, there was reports from Rumble Weekend that he and he and Brock had a um, bit of a verbal altercation before the Rumble match, and and uh, that was part of the reason why his his Rumble cameo only lasted about forty seconds. And I mean, he's he's had a backstage uh, confrontation supposedly with, with Gold uh, Gold Dust, Goldberg, at SummerSlam. So he does seem to rub people up the wrong way. I just think it's because he's probably like, yeah, I could beat you. I think the way um, that, the way that he puts it is like, especially with the Goldberg thing, is like I, I can make money with you. We can have a good feud or whatever. But Goldberg doesn't seem to get that and takes it all very seriously. Um, I think where Matt Riddle's coming from the perspective of this is it's the business, let's make money. So what do we make of Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne actually winning the titles? Did you expect this? I didn't expect it. I don't hate it. Um, but I do fully expect them to drop them back again fairly soon. Do you reckon it'll be too undisputed here, or do you reckon they're going through a uh, a bad run of form? Well, I thought they were going to lose all the titles that night, and then thought maybe after Mania we could have seen them go somewhere else, like AEW. <laughs> no, no. But why would they ruin themselves at that pissant company? <laughs> I don't remember the last time we all thought that Undisputed Era was going to show up after Mania and then we got The Bar. <laughs> and, and Beach Balls. Did not enjoy that. No. I did not enjoy that. No. Um, I, I didn't expect them to win this match. I, I expected the Undisputed Era to come out on top. And then you got the kind of classic storytelling part of um, there was a couple malfunction at the junctions. Our functions at the junction. Our functions at the junction. Various junctions or just one junction? They have with multiple malfunctions. Yeah. Um, with uh, Pete Dunne initially running into to Matt Riddle and then Matt Riddle spearing Pete Dunne or whatever it was. Um, so yeah, it was always a bit of a uh, question mark as to 
not whether I thought they would turn on each other, but ultimately whether just their lack of tag team experience with each other would cost them in the end. Yeah. But it didn't. If anything, it did the opposite. Yeah. So, uh, wonder where this will where this will go going forward. Um, that brings us on to the main event of the night, which also has um, a fair amount of people online divided. It's Adam Cole defending his NXT Championship versus Tommaso Ciampa. What did you think of the match? What did you expect from the outcome? And what did you think of the actual outcome? Well, granted, I've not seen it properly, um, but I've, I've, I watched you know a fair chunk of it. Um, and I can understand why perhaps people are a bit up in arms about it. Essentially, what I can gather that people are upset about is the fact that these guys kicked out of a lot of finishes. A lot of finishes and, and loads of false finishes. Perceived in lack of um, selling from especially Champa. Well, I mean, I can only imagine the people criticising that are not NXT fans. And if they're AEW fans, I mean, pop, kettle, black, etc. Um I can understand why you might think it takes away a little bit, but these guys have fought each other many times. This, I imagine, is the end of this particular rivalry. You know, I don't see anything too wrong with it. I think it did a lot for Champa during the match to to build to the fact that, you know, he he's almost unstoppable. He's going to win this match, and it took something like Johnny Gargano's interference to stop him from doing so. Um, so I like the fact that they told that story. I think Johnny Gargano is the only person who could stop him. Yeah, the the story that I am imagining will be told, or that I've kind of played out in my head, is Gargano, especially after losing to Balor, has kind of hit rock bottom mm-hmm. and is going to do the if you can't beat him, join him mm. kind of thing. And he will he'll offer himself to the Undisputed Era and they'll kind of be reluctant at first maybe question him not trust him and over the coming weeks Balor will not Balor Gargano will help him out maybe against Velveteen Dream this week with with Roderick Strong he'll he'll prove that he can be trusted then eventually down the line he'll kind of destroy them from the inside or just turn on them Mm. um seeing as Adam Cole was the one who took the title from him mm. and it's his way of getting it back that's what I am thinking of and imagining could be where they where they could go um, but I'm not sure because like we've, we've seen about, uh, Gargano as a heel in the past and it was kind of weird crowd, it was a bit weird the crowd didn't f- fully want to yeah. believe in him as a bad guy um, I mean, all he did was change his attire slightly. Yeah, he just put the bad guy back on. He put the bad guy trucks on. Um, and I mean, we've seen we've seen his relationship with um, Tommaso Ciampa as good guy tag team, as mortal enemies, as bad guy tag team, then good guy tag team again. So where realistically do we go next that we haven't seen before? Don't really know. <laughs> Main I've got roster. an idea. Go on. First ever NXT Heaven in the Cell before Mania. I think 
So they've announced the takeover around day for Mania weekend. Yeah. There is one, yeah. Um, I think that match that Matt's just mentioned is worthy of headlining that kind of event at WrestleMania weekend. So not on the WrestleMania, not on the WrestleMania card. Give them yeah, the, on the main, takeover. Give them the spotlight to be the main event for that for that NXT event. Is the NXT men's title defended on Mania card? I really don't know. I mean, because it would be weird to have a takeover without the championship on the line. It generally heads headlines, doesn't it? Yeah, As it headlined every games, yeah. Games, you expect that, yeah. I think it would. I really don't know about the NXT title. I don't. I imagine Finn Balor probably goes after it from now. Uh, does, he would. Him versus Adam Cole would probably be big enough to be on WrestleMania. Either that. The only other one I could see really would be Velveteen Dream. Depends what. Yeah. And Cole in a rivalry. He hasn't been around, you know, recently, has he? So it's probably quite hard to build that rivalry up immediately, especially when he's feuding with Roderick Strong at the moment. Yeah, well, I mean, they've got a match tonight, mm. um, which kind of surprised me. Um, but he's already... It, it was the Undisputed Era who put him out of action, so he's already got that built-in storyline. Yeah, I guess so. Makes sense. It wasn't just Roderick Strong, was it? No, it was all four of them. But do you know what? I really just want to hear William Regal saying <laughs> Hell in a Cell, <laughs> like he does War Games. War Games! <laughs> Hell in a cell. Hell in a cell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that kind of match, Matt. Brilliant, um, brilliant choice for. I do wonder if NXT will ever go there. I mean, I don't really understand why they I, don't. I guess I they they want to keep them separate, but I mean, it's a great match type. Yeah, and yeah plenty of classic and matches. With the way it's been, there's a feud ender. Yeah. Yeah, well, it should be anyway. Not just well because it's September. Um, yeah, exactly. It, the way that the, the Hell in a Cell match has been diluted, diluted over the uh, over the years, um, I can see NXT kind of getting it right. Um, First time straight away, <laughs> they'll just yeah, they'll make it a classic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting whether they ever, they ever get there. Um, but I'm, I mean, if you listen to Triple H, <laughs> you can have that one for free. You can have that. I'll let you. Good shout. Oh, yeah, I can see why the match attracted some criticism, but overall I thought it was a really good match. What did we think of the spot where um, Adam Cole reverse wheelbarrowed um, Tommaso Ciampa neck first onto the edge of the announce table? Um, risky? <laughs> Maybe That's one way you definitely have to get right. Yeah, I mean, when you looked at it from the angle behind the commentary desk, it looked a lot safer. I still don't think there's any way that doesn't hurt. There's not a lot of margin for error, let's put it that way. Um, If if they were... I think it shows a lot of trust. If they were a yard further away, and it hit more on the neck rather than kind of shoulder blades, then that's bad news. Game over for Champa. For someone with a uh, a stack of dimes they call a neck. Um, So yeah, that was... Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> one of those where I went, oh, oh. It was risky, it was close, but I think it was really well done. So, But then what we got after that is what, is what has drawn criticism, where Adam Cole hits a Panama sunrise from the announce table to the floor, Yeah. immediately rolls Champa in, and Champa gets up as if nothing's happened and hits the Willow's Bell DDT on him. Yeah. That, yeah. that is where a lot of the criticism I've seen is lied, in that 
the Panama Sunrise is meant to be a devastating move. Which it isn't. He hits it on the floor. Mm. There's only that thin matte padding. <laughs> um, and he gets up as if it was nothing. Which is something that uh, it seems to be commonplace in wrestling these days. Where, um, and we saw Dijakovic do it in the first match, where someone doesn't move and they get up from it essentially no-selling it yeah. in order to kind of hulk up yeah. in a way. Well, I can't remember what it was. I think um, it was like a German suplex or something that Keith Lee did. And he got up and, and he sort of rolled, rolled back to the corner. He rolled over and just got up. Yeah. And it was like, oh, right. Because I think at first people thought it hit because he kind of got up onto his knees and all of a sudden he was just rolling through the momentum or whatever. Yeah. And then people started to realise, oh, he's, he, he's raging. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so he's running on adrenaline the thing that you see a lot in wrestling these days that you didn't tend to see no, as much but apart that's... from the kind of the mega characters like maybe an Undertaker or yeah. Hulk Hogan or something like that but that's the style that's grown out of Japanese strong style the independent scene British strong style all that kind of stuff less so with the British I think but it's grown out of that and that's what wrestling has become because that's what you know fans have seen a lot of now what do we think of Someone hits a big strike, and someone hits a big strike immediately after, and then um, the other person hits their strike, and there's like a four or five move sequence of people hitting the big strikes, and then they both go down or something like that. I don't mind it. If it happens once in a match, I'm fine with it. Uh, it's it's a proper slog fest, isn't it? Yeah, it's I a slobber knocker. I think wrestling these days is in a very, probably more so than ever, a very divisive place i don't know if that's just because social media allows people to say that they don't like it or whatever yeah but because it's because it's changed so much even from what we grew up on even last five to ten years mm. it's changed so much um a lot of people don't like it and not just people like jim Cornette or or old veterans and stuff like that yeah just fans in general yeah i mean it's, it's different style isn't it it's a, a different approach to a wrestling match. And some people are just not going to enjoy that as much as they enjoy other stuff, which they've grown up on. That's understandable. I get that. But, it's, you know, not every wrestling match has to cater for every single fan's needs. And wrestling has to evolve. I mean, it's hard because if you look... Like I, I Recently, I've been, um, especially when I was ill, I went back and watched a lot of the year 2000. And... Some of the main event matches, they're not necessarily great matches or things that are super exciting, but the crowd were just so into them for character and storyline reasons, yeah. um, which I think is is lacking these days. Um, oh yeah, definitely massively. Real crowd investment. The crowds are nowhere near as hot as they used to be. Yeah. And when they are, it's kind of only in short spells. Yeah. Um, and uh, obviously, there's the this is awesomes which. There's not much I despise more in wrestling. <laughs> um, Especially when it's not awesome. Cause it's like the most simplistic and basic thing get that these days. Yeah. That when a match really is amazing, it doesn't do it justice. But then you get the fight forevers. And I don't I don't really like that either. Um, I just... Not much beats a good old just... Standing ovation. Rising to their feet and applauding yeah. and just cheering and losing their minds. Yeah. Um, rather than being like, oh, this is so good, 
I, I have to chant because yeah. this is what's expected. Because that's not natural, is it? I think um, I think there was an example of it during the tag team match where the camera, you know, when the camera zooms out and yeah. it pans out to see the whole crowd and everyone's on their feet and they're clapping and all guys, all four guys are on the floor in the ring. You know, it's it's um, that kind of moment is more natural than someone going, this is awesome. Yeah. Also, the way they say it suggests that they're not really having fun because it's really boring Yeah, it's sound. monotone. Yeah. <clears throat> but like, you think of, in a football match or something, when a team's playing really well, the crowd get behind them and they cheer and they go nuts. Yeah. They don't go, yeah, we're playing really well. <laughs> this is awesome. Imagine if they did. Just, just, just... I wouldn't ever go to the football again. It's such an unnatural reaction to something that you think is good. Yeah. Um, like imagine during a film. <laughs> I mean, you should never ever say anything out loud during a film. But even just like at home or a TV show or something like that. Yeah. It's just odd behaviour, isn't it? Very odd. Bit noncy. <laughs> Bit noncy. <laughs> yes, it is noncy. Right, well, that's takeover. Speaking of nonsense. <laughs> I did consider... <laughs> I did consider a, uh, a segue. Yeah. Couldn't really think of one. No, I mean... I can't think of one that goes with nonsense either. Randy Savage. Brilliant. <laughs> oh no. Speaking of really savages, nice. Shayna Baszler. <laughs> the fuck has she been up to lately? Eating people and beating people. Yeah. Yeah. Being mean and eating I'm Becky Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Okay, so let's start with the neck bite. Ali, have you, did you watch this segment? Um, only what they and showed. Did only you watch this segment and the, the subsequent segments? Only what they showed on Raw this week. Okay. So they they re they re-showed, you know, Be- Becky being Asuka with a fucking rock bottom. Um, and then the you whole Shane of attack. the manhandle slam. <laughs> um, and then, you know, Becky getting the shit beaten out of her. Living shit bit out of her. By a baseline. And then her going to the hospital, hijacking an ambulance, driving herself to the hospital, and then driving it back. The stupid. I don't know. Yeah, if that you, was a bit. That was a bit shit. I don't know if you would have seen this bit. The stupidest bit from that was Becky Lynch said, they were like, we're going to take you to the hospital. And she was like, I don't want to go, mm. but you're going to make me go and fine. And then she beats up the paramedics, mm-hmm. gets in the. Um, Gets in the ambulance, mm. and one of the paramedics smacks the back of the ambulance as if to say, "Yeah, you're good to go." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> oh, they always do. Yeah, I guess. Like, oh no, she's just beating up my colleague. Yeah, go on. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, have fun. <laughs> my now you go. <laughs> so she hijacked an ambulance. Which I'm sure is a crime. Yeah, um, beating up a paramedic is also a crime. I would imagine. To the hospital. Then I'm sure would have had to get like tetanus shot, drugged up, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Then somehow managed to still reacquire the same ambulance that I don't know she just park it out the front, leave it there, and it just happened to be there free when she got out. Yeah. Then drove back, presumably under the influence of drugs. <laughs> then came back to a hero's welcome. Yeah. Um, hey, anti-hero. So the thing that. Um, the thing that I didn't like about this was 
the fact that Becky Lynch did all of that in one night and came back and was ready to fight later on mm. took away from the severity of the bite for me. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but also we've seen... I know it's only, it's only a bite. Yeah. Like, it's not as if she's knocked unconscious or anything like that. But if, if Becky can shake it off in under an hour... Why is it that bad? Yeah, but, I mean, it looked bad. It was really well done in terms of the way it looked. I think Becky sold it well. There's a bit too much blood, a bit yeah. unrealistic. Like, to draw that amount of blood, yeah. she would literally have to have, like, a chunk missing from her neck, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, but I think they did it really well. And, and I, I actually enjoyed Becky's promo when she came back. I thought that was quite good. And then the promo on Raw, I thought, pretty solid. Uh, I kind of liked where they were going with it. And, uh, I would have liked Shayna to have been there a bit, maybe a bit, but I guess it makes sense for them to keep them separate. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't watch it in, in its entirety, but I didn't feel like I needed to after what I saw on Raw. I thought I've seen the best bits. Yeah, basically. Matt, as, as probably the, the biggest Shayna and Becky, I guess, fan out of the three of us, um, what, what did you make of Shayna's official kind of Raw debut call up I loved it I thought it was really good I thought it was really impactful and it needed to be something like that I thought she'd have choked her out if I was going to be honest hey it's memorable at least let's put it that way but um, I don't know if putting her in the elimination chamber might unless I mean unless she is the last one in and then literally just kicks ass in it which, to be honest, I think is what's going to happen. <laughs> it's similar to what she did in the Rumble. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I don't see anyone winning this other than Shayna. Um, I mean, the lineup's not great, is it? If you're Shayna Baszler, you're thinking, yeah, this is pretty easy. I like what they've done with the lineup in that they're obviously giving new people a chance. Um, there's a Riot Squad story in there. I think that will probably be the thread that runs throughout most of this match, to be honest. Um, there's a Natalia in there. Is, <laughs> Natalia's just there. Yeah. Um, hey, one day she'll win one. Maybe. Hold your breath. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I think if you're Shania, you're kind of licking your lips. In that, which is one of the things she said was, I'm a, you're putting me in the elimination chamber. I'm a cage fighter. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. it's, it's what it's what I do yeah um, so yeah they kind of put themselves into a corner in that way because how do you and she swore as well she said a she swear she said the S word and swear. it wasn't bullshit which is something they often get away with mm. it was actual living shit and living shit I really wanted to do a speaking of living shit segue <laughs> talk about like Lana or something um, <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, she she just swear they didn't they didn't bleep it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think I've ever heard anyone say seen, shit on BT Sport. Have you seen her um, interaction with a father on uh, on Twitter today? No, no. Basically, someone someone uh, tweeted her and said uh, like, if you like don't swear, basically. Like I was watching with my yeah. Here we go. I don't mind if you pull something like this. But my kids were watching, and if you aren't going to keep it PG, you should say so. Hmm. She went, or you could be a father and tell them that I'm a terrible person and they shouldn't like me for that, hmm. or that they'll get their, they'll get grounded and their tablets taken away if they ever do that. 
because I don't give a crap about your kids, so I won't modify my behaviour for them. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. She literally went full Brock Lesnar. <laughs> I don't yeah. give a shit. I don't give a fuck about your kids. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, so, yeah. It looks like, providing she wins the Elimination Chamber, we're heading to uh, Becky Lynch, Shayna Baszler That's feud. the only match they can the really go with. the only feud and, and match that, we'll, that, that we can get for the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania. Yeah. But what I wanted... I mean, to... the women's matches, uh, I mean, the SmackDown, they've got to step up a bit, haven't they? <laughs> a little bit. What's it going to be? Well, this is one of the things... Probably multi-women, This man. is one of the things I wanted to talk about. On the kickoff. Is WrestleMania itself is, what about... 45 days away something like that something like that yeah um and what i wanted what i wanted to to kind of for us to do with the remaining time we have left is to talk about the conceivable card that that we can see being put together yeah between now and wrestlemania i mean we can get a bit fantasy if we want but ideally i want us to kind of think realistically based off what we're actually being shown on tv at the moment yeah so we've got obviously there are some ready-made ones. We've got Char- Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. We've probably got Becky and Shayna. We've got Brock and Drew. Other than that, it's a relatively open field. Yeah. What do we see happening? Just think of a few people. So obviously, oh, we've also most likely going to get Randy Orton and Edge. Yeah, I think that's that's a given. Yeah. Um, um, which I'm really excited for. Um, but Seth, what, Kevin Owens. What's, Let's start with, based off the promo that we got this week, and the rumours the rumors that have been going around before Raw this week, AJ what, do Undertaker. We, what do we see happening for AJ Styles at WrestleMania? Undertaker. Because don't, you don't mention that person's name is a build-up to WrestleMania without there being some kind of repercussion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't see this. It really worked for John Cena. What was this about? See I've it. seen the rumours, but what did, what promo did we get from AJ? So basically, AJ it was AJ's first appearance on Raw since the Rumble. Yeah, because he got injured. And um, it's good to have him back. Uh, but he came out with the OC and was talking about, like, I'm back. And um, I think no, he basically said that it's safe to say that I am I am Mr. WrestleMania because there's no one better than me around around WrestleMania time. Um, and he was like, I'm better than... Oh, I'm better than everyone. I'm better than... Like Razor Ramon, I'm better than Shawn Michaels, I'm better than Bret Hart, I'm better than, he listed, uh, he said, I'm better than Kevin Nash, I'm better than Hulk Hogan, I'm better than the whole NWO, all that kind of stuff, and I'm better, I'm better than The Undertaker, uh, all that, uh, bollocks. And then got interrupted by Ricochet. Um, so, yeah, the, 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 the rumours beforehand, before Raw this week, were um, AJ and Undertaker. Yeah. Um, Phenom versus the Phenomenal one. Uh, what do we think of that? Do I we, mean, do you see it happening, and if so, are you looking forward to it? I can see it happening. Uh, am I looking forward to it? Probably do you yes. Look forward to Undertaker matches these days? Not generally, not no. Um, but I I mean, say, I, I'm not really looking forward to an Undertaker match in being as old as he is. Yeah, I mean, AJ's no spring chicken either, <laughs> but comparatively, he is. Um, but, I mean, I think I'm looking forward to it. I, I kind of don't really... It'd be interesting to get something a bit different. Yeah. I, I don't want to see Undertaker versus Sting or Triple H or Shawn Michaels, someone of a similar kind of age and era. 
Yeah, definitely. I think. Like, I think, like we said back in the summer when he had the thing with um, Shane and Drew and Roman, mm. that if you're going to see Undertaker from now on, after the Goldberg debacle, we want to see him against people who can go better. <laughs> you can make make the matches better, you can move a bit faster, um, and can sell better for him. Yeah, you kind of have to. Like, even AJ, though, is going to be really limited in what he can do with this match. Um, yeah, he's, gonna he's not going to a lot of the load. He's not going to be able to Styles clash him, for instance. I mean, I can already picture a phenomenal forearm into a tombstone. I mean, that's good. Or just even choke slam. Or a choke slam, yeah. Um, so you know, I think AJ can get a good match out of the Undertaker. And let's not forget the last match Undertaker had with the Drew Shane thing. It was good. That, that was a good performance. Yeah. I mean, he was helped by Roman and Drew doing most of the heavy lifting. Shane did his bit. And Shane, yeah. But, like, he put in a good performance. He looked good. So, I don't, by any means, not look forward to this match. But I just don't really understand why it's needed. I feel like maybe in the coming weeks, we'll see AJ continue to brag even more. Yeah. Um, maybe even Art will pick up a victory over someone and just say, that oh, I'm just so good. Yeah. No one can even touch me. And it'll maybe even continue to slander some legends, maybe. Maybe. Um, and... Uh, oh, he also said he's better than Sting and Ric Flair and stuff like that. Um, so, and then yeah, at some point mid promo, you'll get the gong and the crowd going nuts. Yeah, that's that's the way I, I picture. It's a shame it's been leaked in a way. Yeah, which is why I always try and avoid things. Like, yeah, as much as I can, avoid storyline related spoilers. Yeah, or, or reports anyway. But when when it's the headline of the thing of the article, no, you can't really avoid it. Gone, right? Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I'm not not looking forward to it. I just, I kind of, I'm interested to see, you know, in what how they build it and why. Um, but you know, if they're going with the whole AJ being better than anybody, and he comes up against Undertaker, the only issue is obviously I can only see one winner in that match, and it's not AJ Styles. Um, and you know, I kind of a little bit bored of that. Mm. I mean, Undertaker's been great. He's like one of my all-time favorites, but. Do I want to see him go over a top talent in today's product? No. Do I want to see him lose at WrestleMania again? No. No. So I therefore, do I really want this match to happen? Probably not. But I'm not going to shit on it. It might be a really good match. Yeah, I think the way I feel about it will be determined by the, the quality of the match. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I'm always happy to see Undertaker. Annoyed I didn't get to see a WrestleMania Undertaker entrance last year, but we got the moment on the Raw. So yeah. That was, that was good enough. Um, what about some other WrestleMania matches then? Um, I'm seeing rumours of Cena Elias, which, based on what's happened over the last two Manias, makes sense. Well, that bit makes sense, but the fact that Elias is currently a face, I don't see making sense. Yeah. Maybe Cena's coming back to the hill. Ah, uh, that way. Cena's, so, he's supposed to be coming back to promote his new movie or TV show or something, I think it's a movie. Um... Assuming there'll be an interruption and maybe get a match out of them, who knows? Probably not. No. Um, but yeah, if if there is any any mania match for Cena, which we didn't get last year and mm. barely got the year before with Undertaker, yeah. What what do we what do we picture happening? I really don't know. If I'm honest, <laughs> it's a tough one. With Cena. Five knuckle shuffle. <laughs> Probably. Uh... I mean, in terms of a Mania program, is there anyone? Do we think he'll be around? 
I mean, Elias is the only feasible option, if I'm honest. Mm. Um, unless you're going to go with something left field like they've done with AJ and Undertaker. Um, on SmackDown, you know, I mean, Baron Corbin, no thanks. Um, Daniel Bryan? Why? That's a good point. What is Daniel Bryan doing at Mania? Yeah. Let's go on to that one. Yeah. I don't know. Don't know Daniel Bryan. Maybe back to the Fiend. Once he's done with Goldberg. Well, Roman, Roman Reigns will be against the Fiend. Yeah, that, that, that's what I'm assuming. You never know. Roman Reigns and the Fiend. Maybe Ro- Reigns, Bryan and the Fiend. Well, people have said Reigns, Goldberg. No thanks. I mean, Triple Threat might be alright. Between Bryan and Roman, I mean, not, not with Goldberg. Not with Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> Bryan, Roman and the Fiend. I just think when you have the Fiend, you kind of have to do one-on-one, don't you? But, yeah. Um... Although it would give them a very good opportunity to uh, get a title off him him without beating him. So there's always that option. But yeah, I don't really see much for Daniel Bryan at the moment, um, which would be a shame, obviously. I can't imagine they would not give him something. I mean... They're probably just being shamed back. I'm going to do ultimate wrestling Twitter troll nerd kind of booking here. Hmm. Daniel Bryan, CM Punk? <laughs> <laughs> not happening. True. I mean, Seth Rollins, CM Punk, I could see more as a real thing. I think with the rate we're going, I don't know if you've seen, um, if you saw oh, the, Mon- the Monday Night Asaya, Seth Rollins. <laughs> Seth <laughs> Rollins. <laughs> um, I think the way we might be going with Seth Rollins is Seth Rollins versus the Pope. <laughs> Did you see on his Twitter? He um, there was like a WWE account. There was a screenshot of him kind of shaking yeah. his hands and stuff, and he he tagged it. Uh, he, he responded to it and said something like, um, "Like, don't worry, I've got this." And then tagged the Pope. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think see, the Pope's yeah, going to uh, make a WrestleMania appearance. Well, I mean, God wrestled at Backlash. It's true, and if Pope's going to appear, he's going to be at a bigger pay per view than God. Yeah, probably like. Um, Christianity. Did you hear Buddy Murphy Definitely. not being able to say Messiah? Yeah, Monday night Asaya. You hear Buddy Murphy not being called Buddy Murphy anymore. It's just Murphy. Bullshit, man. Another victim. Um, who else? Who else? So, so potentially Reigns and Brian in the in the universal picture. Oh, I mean, it's probably just um, Reigns versus Fiend. If, I mean, if Baron Corbin gets left behind, then that would maybe opens up someone for Daniel Bryan. Yeah, that would be a bit of a shame for Bryan. Nothing it would be. Baron Corbin, but Bryan is one of the top wrestlers in the world. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, Baron Corbin, Cena, at least an interaction, maybe. Mm. Um, I think it's going to be very hard this year because they're adding the NXT into it for them to do what they usually do and have everyone at WrestleMania. Yeah. I I personally I I don't think we'll see um, NXT title uh, men's title on the the Mania card. I think the only reason we're getting the women's title on the card is because Charlotte won the Rumble and going after them. Whereas, who? I, why why would NXT be on the main card for the men's title when you would imagine? Cole's next challenger is going to be from NXT, not yeah. from Raw or SmackDown. Exactly. There's no reason for a Raw SmackDown guy to challenge for the NXT title at WrestleMania because they haven't won the Raw Rumble. Yeah, they can't. You know, just pick who they want. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I don't think it will be on the WrestleMania card, but I think Cole versus Balor, which is what I'm expecting, um, would be WrestleMania worthy. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that leaves us with a, with a few other people. So, so let's let's talk about the SmackDown Women's Tag Team Division. No, it's not Tag Team Division. Don't get me started on the women's tag team division. What tag team division? <laughs> um, the women's SmackDown women's division. Yeah, Bailey as champion. Um, I didn't see SmackDown, but I believe she had the match with Carmella. Yep. For the title. Yeah. Um, so that's that one out of the way. <laughs> yeah, that's that's gone. Naomi, maybe. Naomi, it's got to be Naomi, isn't it? It's got Naomi, which people thought the the Fatal Four Way the other week was was building to, mm. um, but Bailey partially cost her that even though it was very early in the match yeah um so yeah what do we see there's long been rumors of bailey and sasha but i personally i don't see it happening this year not this year i don't know where the fuck sasha is now they're both heels yeah um i mean i don't see them being with the wwe come SummerSlam. really I think they definitely will. Um, I think in a situation like this where you've got no clear, like, decent contender to the title... They'll just throw everyone in there. Well, I mean, they could either do that. What I would prefer is if they did the whole women's battle royal on a pre-show and just gave the winner a title match on, on the main the card. card yeah. And you don't really have to build to anything. And then, you know, you can have a decent-ish match on the main card. So don't forget, we've got... Ooh. We assume... I assume we'll have a um, uh, women's battle royal... WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal as well as the armbar. Yeah. Um, does the winner get that opportunity? Seeing as Becky and Maria Ripley are already tied up. I don't know. I really don't know. I'm generally that match. <laughs> lost about you know the SmackDown Women. Maybe they just won't have them on the card. Which, as it stands, I would not be surprised by. <laughs> not the end of the world. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's hard. Really, it's a really tough WrestleMania card to call this far out. I mean, we're not that far out, but it's it's still pretty tough. Hmm. I um, think it's going to ramp up definitely after next week because it's got it's fucking whoopty doo super, super showdown. That's the annoying thing is that we have two pay per views between the Rumble and, and WrestleMania, Mania, and we've always had the one, but yeah. now you've got two really muddy. Stuff. Yeah, it used to be great because that one would definitely like set up. WrestleMania, wouldn't it? Whoever was your champions coming out of No Way Out was going to be champion come WrestleMania, nine times out of ten. Um, most times, even the champion who comes out of the Rumble as champ is going to be champion going into Mania. So, it is tough. I'm not against not being able to predict the card. I like it because I don't want to know. I don't want it to be predictable, otherwise there's no point in watching it. Yeah. Um, I wonder if Randy and Edge will get a stipulation. Probably some kind of street fight. If you look at back in history, when someone's come back from an injury, a serious injury, I'm talking short mic stipulation. Yeah. Um, non-sanctioned. Yeah, you get the non-sanctioned thing, which can kind of cover up for a lot of ring rust. Not that Edge really demonstrated much of that in the Royal Rumble, but that's quite an easy match to transition back into. But like, you don't have to go full-on gun-ho chain wrestling. In a street fight, you know, it doesn't expend as much energy. You don't have to have been as, you know, match fit, so to speak. And to... with the story that's been told so far, unless we see it going into Mania, which I hope we don't, 
the match surely has to end with Edge winning via a concerto, right? Which is not going to happen in a no de- in a normal singles match. I don't necessarily mean ha- think it has to end like that, but it definitely has to happen at some point. Maybe with Matt Hardy doing it at the same time. <laughs> mm, not sure. Not. No. Not oh, Christian's come back and then do a proper concerto. Yeah. That would be good. I, wonder if, I don't know what his, what his current status is, but I wonder if um, we'll get Jeff Hardy. I was kind of expecting Jeff Hardy to come out on Raw, if I'm honest. I don't know, because I know he's had, I think, knee surgery. Um, Did anyone else see Matt Hardy coming out on the stretcher and think, why are they covering his mouth with that necktie? Hardy coming out on the stretcher that. and covering his mouth with a necktie. I didn't see any of that. When he got stretched back mm. to to the back, this when he'd done the, week. they put a neck collar on him, and it was covering his mouth. It wasn't even on his neck. Oh right. Yeah, I mean, I think the bigger question mark for for me for that that little story we've got is um, WWE advertising and promoting a match featuring a superstar who was not yet cleared. Yeah. Surely that's questionable. It's right? a bit questionable. <laughs> you clearly know he's not going to be able to play. But we had so on that storyline, we had Randy Orton apologising, saying, "Have you seen this segment?" Yeah, 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 I've seen it. Yeah, so we had Randy Orton apologising, saying, "I'm sorry," saying he he um, he loves Edge like a brother, and he's sorry. He effectively didn't mean it. He walks out and then, but then comes back and beats him up. Do we? Is there any sincerity in that? Like, what do you think is the reasoning we'll get from Randy for why he did what he did? I have no idea. I'm saying this a lot about things of wrestling at the moment. I have no idea. I think because he hears voices in his head. That's what I'm kind of going for. Like, is I think is what I said in the podcast after that raw was. I think the reasoning from Randy is he doesn't know why he did what he did. It's just what he does. Something told him to do it in the moment. And he couldn't not act on it. I wouldn't be surprised if that's partially. And he just—I'm a viper. It's just what I do. I'm a bastard, um, but not a pack bastard. <laughs> yeah, I just—I don't think they have to go that deep with it. If I'm honest, I think it's just yeah. Randy Orton's a bit of a dick. He always do this. He always has done. Edge—they've got history. He felt the time was right to do it. Because I mean. Think back to about ten years ago. There was a, a promo where Randy Orton said he basically had some kind of mental disorder mm. that just causes him to the, the, the click of your fingers become insanely violent and whatever. And he hears these voices. And that's where that came from. Mm. I mean, Edge coming back. Edge was around at that time. Yeah. Is it? Was it his return? Was that a trigger? Maybe. Because um, uh, that ten years ago was that time where he was kind of the most. Yeah violent and angry version of Randy Orton where he was kicking the shit out of people yeah um, so I, I wouldn't be the, I wouldn't I would like some kind of depth and complexity to this because I think they're both two of the best storytellers around yeah um, so it'd be a shame not to tell a real good story and just have it as oh I'm a dick so yeah I like that there's currently no sign of Edge as well yeah uh, he's gone completely radio silent yeah even on social media and stuff yeah so that's good. I'd, I'd, they're definitely building to the match for WrestleMania, and I think it'll be one of the main matches. I think it'll be a good match. And I think the crowd will be really behind Edge. 
which is essentially what I've been trying to build to. So, easy win. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that match. As for the rest of the card, aside from what we mentioned, I think you should go through Drew versus Brock, probably Fiend versus Roman, um, Rhea versus Charlotte, Becky versus Shayna. They got to do something. You know, Usos, Ms. Morrison. I think in that whole tag team thing, probably some sort of multi man tag team match. But um, I know all tag team matches are multi man. But all matches are multi man, apart from women's matches. Good point. Um, the likes of Rusev, Lashley, Ricochet. Yeah, Ricochet was the one I was going to bring up because he's he's slated for a championship match, WWE championship match. At, Which he's pretty um, not pretty good win. It. He's definitely going to face Drew McIntyre at Mania. Um, but yeah, it would be a shame for him just to say be in the Battle Royal a month after having a World Championship match. Yeah. Um, but what, what else do you do with him? Where do you go? You US. Him in US. US title. Maybe a feud with Andrade. Yeah. I could see a multi-man for that title. I could see Mysterio. Umberto. Um, Umberto. Andrade. Just for the sake of... Alistair Black. Alistair Black. Yeah, well, the initial feud I wanted for Andrade going into menu was Alistair Black, so they've got, yeah, they've got to do something with him. And we assume in Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens? Yeah, you've got to have Seth Rollins on the card as well. Fucking hell. It's tough. It is tough. Are we thinking maybe Seth Rollins and his gang against Kevin Owens and his gang? No, because we've had that. I know, but like in a proper match. I mean, we literally had it last, that 4-on-4 four four last week. So, yeah. Um, who knows? Who knows? Who bloody knows? Maybe a stipulation, or maybe we'll see that at Elimination Chamber. Or maybe Viking Raiders versus AOP. Maybe, who knows. It's a tough one to call. Shinsuke, what's Shinsuke going to do? Oh, he's, uh, yeah, Braun Strowman's probably. Braun Strowman, exactly. All I know is that I need to go. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. wrap it up. Well, yeah, it's a tough one to call. Um, but this was a, a good one to record, I think. Yeah. We've got some decent topics in there. Yeah. Um, so thank you for listening. Um, if in fact you do, all right. Come and come and enjoy. Uh, come and join the conversation with us on Twitter. And by us, I mean me talking to myself <laughs> on Twitter at the underscore pwp. Um, I'm sure we'll be back next week. Uh, we don't have any prior engagements. Nope. Next week. Next week. Where is next week? It's a uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. The 26th. Not for me. I'm good. No, I'm good, I think. I'm out on the Tuesday, not the Wednesday. Cool. So we'll be back next week, I'm sure, to discuss NXT, Raw and SmackDown a bit further. Maybe we'll have some... Uh, oh, is, is Super Showdown this weekend? I think it is, isn't it? God knows. Who cares? No, it's next Thursday, isn't it? Next. Next Thursday. Fucking hell, who knows? And who cares? Not us. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.